Hi, you're listening to Mixed Congeniality on Radio Fodder. This episode was recorded on the stolen land of the Wurundjeri people. We would like to pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that this land always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Um, I think, as we talked about earlier, Barbie movies are girl boss in their truest form. I'm just like you. You are? You're just like me. There's somewhere else we'd rather be. Mixed Congeniality is a love letter to our younger selves who pretended not to know what Wattpad was and watched Fast and Furious on a first date. We deep dive into topics that have been thrown in the chiclet bin. We dust them off, polish them up, and go on ADHD tangents while we're at it. Amazing. Um, this is both Chelsea and I's first time delving into the world of radio shows and podcasts. Um, so you're going to have to bear with us while we figure out what we're doing. But we promise we'll, you, we'll get there. And we also have some interesting content. So even exactly. if we make a mess of ourselves, I think it's still going to be fun and entertaining. Um, yep. So we've come up with like some segments we're going to do at the start of every episode. Um, and the first one is going to be what we've been maladaptive daydreaming about. Mm-hmm. Um, Chelsea, do you want to explain maladaptive daydreaming to the class? I actually got a definition up earlier in case we'd want to read it out. Do we want that or do you want me to just Absolutely. We love a definition. According to Healthline, um, maladaptive daydreaming <laughs> is a psychiatric condition and it was identified by Professor Eliza Summer. This condition basically causes intense daydreaming that distracts a person from their real life Many times, real events trigger daydreams. These can include topics of conversation, sensory stimuli, physical experiences. It's not technically its own, like, condition, but it's seen to be, like, a symptom of stuff like ADHD. Um, So, basically, we can control our daydreams and and it distracts us from our everyday life. Yeah, and both Chelsea and I (laughs) do it quite a lot. So, Chelsea, what have you been maladaptive so, daydreaming about this week? As you know, Harvey, I'm quite obsessed with Jane Austen and Emily Dickinson as, like, as an aesthetic, as a vibe. Yes. So basically, I've been Elizabeth yep. Bennet um, today because I had a lot of spare time oh, at incredible. work because it was very quiet. So I had a Mr. Darcy. I created some other like characters as well. Um, basically, the background to it was Ivy. Like There were certain lyrics from Ivy by Taylor Swift. Um, that was just playing over and over again Incredible. because as I've been hyper-focusing on that song quite a bit. Um, and today's update was I was running through like a foggy field and my dress was getting all like damped and everything at the bottom. It had a bit of like dirt on it. And then Mr. Darcy was shouting at me to come back. Um, it was beautiful. It was amazing. And it was interrupted by a phone call. We hate to see a bitch winning. It was amazing. That sounds incredible. You? Um, I've been having a wacky one. I think I have this thing that I was talking to my housemates about yesterday where it's like, Whenever I apply for a job, this one's going to be really mundane, but I have another more interesting one. Whenever I apply for a job, I get my little hopes up. I get invested, even if I think I'm like super unlikely to get the job. And I imagine like what my little like morning routine would be if I had this job where I like get on, I get up and I have my like coffee and my porridge. And then I like get on the tram and I go to work and I have a coffee and I think like how I would be the most stylish, coolest yeah, person cool. at the office. I think my my ultimate fantasy is to be like the coolest, the coolest person at an office of millennials. Cause I think like amongst other Gen Zers, I feel slightly out of depth. I doubt myself, but I feel like amongst millennials I could really feel at at mm-hmm. home in my position as the coolest person. Um, and I really want that and to be a reality I can like- achieve. 
in the nicest way possible manipulate millennials because there's so much content on like what they will love on BuzzFeed or TikTok. So you could just be like, hey, did you guys read 100%. BuzzFeed the other day? And you've got it. Yeah, 100%. I feel like we have some shared interests um, that I can delve back into. Um, mm-hmm. Like I did have a Harry Potter phase. Um, I do know what my house is. My from Harry Potter, Potter house. Or from BuzzFeed? Um, oh, both i i i actually like really wanted to be a millennial when i was like a young person i watched a lot of buzzfeed Mm -hmm. and i'm ashamed of that now i i mean i think buzzfeed unsolved is the only part of buzzfeed that still like holds up yes that was that was my main maladaptive Mm -hmm. daydream dream for the week and then i also had one where i was like a foreign correspondent journalist at the olympics but like not the current olympics because they are like Mm -hmm. bad plague town times but just like an imaginary future olympics the Brisbane well, Olympics? Like the current Olympics, oh, yeah. but no COVID. <laughs> the Brisbane Olympics. I'm also, the thing I've been wondering is because it's the Summer Olympics, are they going to do it like in our winter or are they going to do it in our summer? Well, I can't imagine. I would say it'd be a... What happened in the Sydney Olympics? Was it our winter? I don't know, man. I, I, was, I was like just born. Athletes can't do that in Brisbane weather. Like it's super humid, isn't it? So it would be quite difficult. It would be winter. Our winter. One of the next things we're going to be talking about is Harvey's cooking. Um, Harvey's a bit of a, a bit of a chef. If you want to go through that background of your chef days, um, you know I cook. That's. I briefly, I briefly thought about going to culinary school, and I'm still like kind of considering it. My mum went to culinary school. She worked in that industry for a number of years as well, so I kind of like grew up around food, and now I just like cook a lot. It's like the thing I do when I am like anxious, stressed, sad, happy, you know, it's just, it's just always there having a good time. That's so poetic. What did you cook this week? Start off with a meal that I, that you were there for. So you can, you can attest to it. I had like a bit of a a taco night with some friends, some companions. Um, I thought I was going to make all the tortillas from scratch, but um, that is actually quite a task if you're doing it for 10 people. So I did cave and just buy tortillas, but I also had some homemade they ones. And I think immaculate. the homemade ones were they better. Were like, I don't think I've had, and I'm not just saying this because like Harvey's on my Zoom screen and looking, but they were like some Stop of the best it. tortillas I ever Stop had. It. I was genuinely very upset. And me and Layla were like fighting over the last tortilla and, all, and neither of us got it. Well, I can, you can come over and we can make tacos some other time. Maybe next podcast, mm-hmm. if we're not in lockdown, over we taco. can do it over tacos and we'll just have to pause every mm-hmm. five seconds for like our chewing noises. Oh, we can add up the ASMR um, as well. I actually think we would do very well um, as an ASMR podcast. So if the two listeners of this episode would like to inform us as to yes, whether that's what they please. want, please let us know. Um, oh, the other thing I cooked is I made risotto but instead of using risotto rice I make it with orzo pasta which is like that that tiny pasta that looks like rice and it tastes like risotto but it cooks in half the time and I would recommend it I think I know what you're talking about um but I'm nodding I it's just it's just tiny tiny little baby pasta I just love how all my friends are incredible chefs especially you you seem to always like say the most amazing things and I and like two minute noodles again, but I added tofu, so health. This is a fun tip that I learned when I like first moved to uni. It's like you get the instant miso soup packets and then like the packet containers of like udon noodles that come pre-cooked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And they come in like little plastic sheets kind of. 
and you put that in and then you put the miso paste and boiling water and then that those like puffy tofu chunks and some spinach and you put that all in the in a bowl mix it up put it in the microwave for two minutes and it's like instant noodles it takes only slightly more time than instant noodles but you've got like spinach you've got tofu the noodles are like a lot girthier if you will um good girth on that noodle and it's delicious and then you can top it with like a fried egg if you want bit of bit of yeah bit of sriracha if you have those like uh crispy um shallots those go those go mad on top of that shit but yeah that's my my hack for for those amongst us who do I not wish to spend their time might steal that, especially sriracha because i am a bit of a sriracha whore if you will um it's fucking you know, delicious. I put it on my avocado toast every morning. Well, actually, it was Moya Winani who inspired me to do that. Oh my god, we're obsessed with her. She's incredible. I kind of want to be her. Chelsea bought a yes. skirt. I was about specifically I was inspired about to show by the Moya. Listeners at home, and then I realized there is something blocking me from being able to do that. Yeah, Chelsea, this is a podcast. Chelsea, <laughs> Chelsea, a bit of a this can't be done. Um, maybe we should do an episode on lifestyle YouTubers and talk about Moya. Absolutely. I have it's so many Moya. thoughts. It's just Moya. She's yeah, my favorite at the moment, I think. I liked Lexi, but it was more so I liked Lexi's podcast. Mm-hmm. I do love Lexi's podcast. Yes. This is Lexi Lombard. It's just, her for, podcast for is at Lexi. At um, she was a big fan of the Hockney dress. That's kind of how I know her as like an icon from that. Um, but yeah, no, Moya's always been, I think, up there for me. Best dress when she releases something. Yeah, if she ever comes back. But take your time. We're so happy for her that she's earned enough money that she no longer is reliant on labor and that she can just like do an Instagram post every now and then and take her sweet time fixing her mental health or not fixing her mental health, working on her mental health, working on herself. She has her money. She's content. She doesn't feel the need to make more and hoard, which I think is quite lovely. Yes. In saying this, if... If my queen wanted to come back with just a sneaky little An video. An apartment tour, if you will. A thrift flip. Oh, my God. I would love to know where she was living right now. In a not You're, the reason, I think you're the reason why best, Ashley from Best Dress had to move from the stalker. Because <laughs> you just wanted another apartment tour. <laughs> I was, it was actually, new. it was just me there, like, hanging yeah. out in outside Chinatown, her window. Yeah. I, yeah, in the middle of a pandemic. Or travel. Anyhow, Bobby. I think it is time. I'm I think very, it's time, oh, sorry, Chelsea. Was that a spoiler? Are you excited? I'm, I mean, no, I'm, I'm about to say it, so not a spoiler at all. Um, the topic of today's episode is the Barbie movies, the mm-hmm. Barbie cinematic universe, if you will, or the BCU for short, um, what I think of them and how I would rank them. So before we start, I'm going to go into a little bit of a history mm-hmm. about the Barbie franchise and then... Chelsea and I are both going to talk about our feelings towards mm-hmm. Barbie and her movies. So, yeah, to start off with a little bit of history of the BCU, Barbie herself has been around since, like, the cusp of the 60s. She came out in 1959. And honestly, like, gals had a bit of a tumultuous history, to say the least. She's, she's had a lot of criticism. She's been a lady in the press. Um, and some of that criticism has been pretty valid, she has mm-hmm. quite an unrealistic body, um, promotes quite bad beauty standards. And for a while, mm-hmm. like, that was all Barbie was. That was her yeah. MO. She was just skinny and she wore clothes. Um, yeah, and I think because of that, she's been, like, a bit of, like, an iconic symbol that mm-hmm. lots of, like, feminist discourse has cottoned on to and kind of talking about, like, 
people being Barbies or like bar- barbification is also like a t- term in academic discourse, which I think is really crazy. I like that. But yeah, so basically, like, we come around to the late 90s, early 2000s. Mattel, who owns Barbie, they were in the weeds and they knew it. Bratz had just come out. At its peak, Barbie made up 30% of Mattel's profit. Um, and at the start of the 2000s, it was closer to 20, which is quite a significant drop even because Mattel at the mm-hmm. time didn't have that diverse of an array of products. So they were like, okay, we got to make some changes. The first thing they did, which I'm frankly not a fan of, is that they gave Barbie a breast reduction. Okay. And I think this was to make her, like, more modest and also to kind of even out her proportions a little bit. But at the end of the day, they didn't even out her proportions. They just made her skinnier. Like, they just took off her titties. Yeah, like, I'd say I don't think it was the boobs that was the issue. It was the waist. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, give her a waist, give her some thighs. The thing that freaked me out the most was, like, the hands. If they could have fixed that. No, no, the feet, actually. Yeah, the, that bothered me. Fix the feet. Mattel, if you're please. listening. I'm begging you. Please fix Barbie's feet. They're strange. They are frankly strange. I prefer the Bratz feet where you just chock off the whole foot mm-hmm. and then, like, put on another one with a different shoe. I think that's fun. Um, point being... Mm-hmm. Mattel made some changes. Not all of them were good. The second big change that Mattel made, which is what leads us to this podcast today, is the launch of the BCU, as we know it. Um, I, (laughs) Chelsea and I promised each other we weren't going to, like, be too academic for this, but I did do a bit of research, and this is a quote from Mattel at the time. So our besties at Mattel, they said, with the success of the Barbie Entertainment series, we've learnt that when we combined the Barbie brand with storytelling or content, girls become more engaged with the brand and in turn connect with the product. For 2004, we have re-established the brand into content-rich worlds. First, we write engaging stories for girls, then create dolls and toys to play out these stories. Second, we tell these stories through value-added content like movies, books, magazines and music. So basically, like... Mattel was chasing the coin. Mattel wanted that money. And I think what's interesting is that, like, clearly they saw that Barbie was going Mm -hmm. out of favour, that, like, feminism and ideals around women were changing and that they needed to, like, keep up the pace. What I want to make very clear, though, is that, like, even though they made Barbie a bit more ballsy, they made her, like, stick up for herself Mm -hmm. and, like, sent her on little missions and gave her female friends, like, Mattel is not leading the charge. They're not a feminist organisation. They're not, like, doing anything. They're also, they haven't abandoned any of their, like, heteropatriarchal standards around race, around beauty standards, around relationships, Mm -hmm. around anything. So zero shout-outs in this episode will be given to Mm -hmm. Mattel, Um, but many, many shout-outs will be given to Barbie and her lady Mm -hmm. friends for being camp as hell Uh, for being the icons they deserve for being the icons that they are but like corporations just in general have been like you know you have to commodify social movements and then they'd be like let's get too jargony and then they'll be like look at all these girl bosses and then they make all this money so they got the reward and i good for you i guess for having the story lines to be inspired by all of these cool lady dolls harvey when you're watching movies um (laughs) yeah 
fun times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I fucking five-year-old me cut them their check. What I'm going to ask you now yes. is a very important question for this episode. Um, and I am putting you on the spot yeah, here. Yeah, that's all right. So don't stress out too much. What does, what does Barbie mean to you? Barbie was actually one of the, like, dolls that was banned in my household. Oh, I see. Yeah, so um, I did have a Barbie that was gifted to me by my grandmother, and my mum and dad weren't happy about that. Um, same with Bratz. I wasn't allowed because unrealistic body, blah, 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 feminist. I was given Tonka trucks. Um, they really Amazing. gave me my gender confusion, basically, <laughs> is what I'm getting at. But, this sounds like some gay shit. Yeah, and then mum is like, why are all my children becoming gay? Um, I was like, well, uh, it was the Tonka trucks. Fair it was warning. the fucking <laughs> Tonka, the Tonka trucks. trucks. You tried to make us into feminists mm-hmm. and instead you made us into the queers. The queers. You raised the queers. <laughs> um, but I remember I wasn't allowed the dolls. And when I did get the dolls, I was allowed to keep it. But dad gave me a massive lecture about how you're still beauty. Beauty doesn't matter. Blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> you, the prettiness is the least interesting thing about a woman in quotes. Um, but I was allowed to watch Princess and the Pauper and some of her movies because they think that was good. So that's what Barbie has always been a movie character for me. Incredible. Yes. I mean, Princess yeah. and the Pauper, we will get to discussing. So I will mm-hmm. hold my opinions. Okay. Um, but I feel like this is a good starting off point. Did you watch many of them or? Um, a lot of the main ones, um, like the Malibu Barbie, the mermaid one I watched. Yeah. The island getaway one. Incredible. Swan Lake, because I was a ballerina. Yeah. So Swan Lake, we actually, I wasn't allowed to watch that Barbie movie until I was a bit older, but I watched it on a sleepover, along with Bring It On, fun fact. Um, Incredible. As like the first time. The two movies I wasn't allowed to watch. The second Bring It On, not the first one. That one was okay. The Bring It Ons were incredible. Um, yeah. And I'm sad that one, you were deprived of that. Um, the first one I was allowed to watch, and mum was like, yes, you need to learn about this, because she thought it was a good, like, lesson on intersectionality. Queen. <laughs> and, like... We love. We're just like, ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Teach my daughter yeah. the real lessons. Crumping to solve all the issues that we face in this no, world. it was the second one where they crump. Okay. The first, the first one, one, a crump-free zone. was a crump-free zone. I, I see. That's why I was allowed. I see. Incredible. Um... <laughs> I think the Barbie movies, we, like, I had a sister, just one. Chelsea has, like, three? Three. Three. Yeah. You're one of four. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And we owned, like, a shit ton of them on DVD. And that crap was my sister's bread and butter and, like, my bread and butter as well. And I think the first, like, solid eight of them I would watch all the time. And then the other ones after that, I watched them at least a couple times each up until they changed mm-hmm. animation style. And then I kind of stopped watching them. And then like in later life, I would go back to them when I was like super sad or when I was sick. A lot of the time when I had like sick days in high school, I would pull out a Barbie movie and I would just watch it and it's Mm -hmm. like a very cathartic thing for me and I do think it taught me feminism in a very like corporate approved hashtag girl boss kind of way yeah um like not in a way where it actually did anything or meant anything but where it's like boys would be mean to them to would like say mean things to me and I would be like girls can do anything that boys can do Break that glass ceiling. Break that glass ceiling. (laughs) Um, 
And I think, you know what, we all have to start somewhere and that's where I started. Okay, so now I feel like I've given you enough of an indoctrination into the BCU. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to move on to the rankings, which is what we're all here for, I hope. So I have five categories for my rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to start at the bottom. I'm going to tell you what all the categories are. And then we're going to go through. So our bottom car- category I've named actively bad. This one's pretty self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. It's like did not enjoy, actively didn't enjoy. Our second bottom category is already forgotten about it. These are just like missed me. Yeah, not no, necessary. Not necessary. They were there. Our third category is a bit quirky. Um, this category is just called the Barbie Diaries. Mm-hmm. And I'll get into why that's a category of its own when we get there. Okay, that's fair. But our third category is the Barbie Diaries. Mm-hmm. Our next category is great but not iconic. Because I think a lot of Barbie movies fall into that category of like, great. But like, was it, was it the moment? Was it, you know, an important part of my life? For sure. Necessarily. Our second top category is was my personality for a week? And I think like in adult terms, a week doesn't sound that long, but I feel like as a child, something- As a child with ADHD, especially. As a child with ADHD, something taking up my personality for a week, that's a long time. So that's mm-hmm. high praise. And then the highest of praises, which I've only put one into so I can have a clear winner, is defined my childhood. That's our top category. Cool. So those are my five categories. I'm actually going to be a little bit avant-garde here because this is how my brain works. I'm not going to start off at my bottom category because I think I have shit to say. Okay. I'm going to start off with my second bottom category, which is the already forgotten about it category because I think we're just going to breeze through those ones. Mm-hmm. They don't need my time. They don't need my patience. Yeah. And then sure. I'm going to take some time to talk about the ones that actively upset me because they actively upset me. Yeah. So... Our already forgotten about it category is Rapunzel, Fairytopia, Magic Over the Rainbow. That's one. Mar- sorry, sorry, Fairytopia. Sorry, no. It's the third Fairytopia movie. Oh, third, okay. It's called Fairytopia, Magic Over the Rainbow. Mm-hmm. Now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare forget about either of the, the members of the Fairytopia family. However, its spin-off, the Fairytopia spin-off movie, Mariposa, is also in the already forgotten about it category. I'm very sorry. They really should have just done it with two movies and it would have been perfect. Mm -hmm. A Christmas Carol is in here. Okay. um, Which I know is going to upset some people. And Thumbelina, which you're... So there are good adaptations of Thumbelina. Thumbelina is the first one they did in like the new animation style. Ah, okay. And it's like, it's very forgettable. None of the characters are super likable. I almost thought about putting this one in the actively bad category. And then I was like, probably not worth the time Mm -hmm. and not worth the emotional toll. Yeah, that's fair. Um, So it's in the already forgotten about it category. I think Rapunzel is going to upset some people. I just think it's like a forgettable movie. I think they didn't do a good enough adaptation. Like all of the like key points of Rapunzel's story is like, she has long ass motherfucking hair. Someone climbs her hair. She's in a tower. Mm-hmm. And they get her like ankle length hair. Not that long. They only put her in a tower like three quarters of the way through a movie. And no one climbs it. And also it's just like kind of beige and boring. There's some good scenes, but it's mostly forgettable. So yeah. it's there. 
Fairytopia, Magic Over the Rainbow. I think it's hard for a third in a trilogy to be memorable. Yeah. It was like fine. It just like didn't give me anything new. It wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. Mariposa for the same reason didn't give me anything new. I think the plot is like very similar to the first Fairytopia, but without it being the first Fairytopia, like someone, they already did that. Yeah. Um, Christmas Carol, I'm like, just watch another adaptation of a Christmas tale. This one's not the best one. Mm-hmm. And I think that's everything for my already forgot about the category. Do you have any notes for me? Do you have any opinions? Um, I'm not, all of the movies you're listing are not the ones I've ever been attached to. Like not that I've been attached to many Barbie movies as we've explained earlier, but I'm not phased. I am a bit surprised by the Christmas Carol one. I was trying to think because like, I know a lot of people do love that one. I don't have a memory of it, but. The Christmas Carol has fans. And the thing is like, I don't think the plot of this movie is bad because it's a plot of like the Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, Charles mm-hmm. Dickinson. Yeah. yeah. Who I know, who I know the name of. Charles because Dickens. I'm very intellectual. I, my, Char- yeah. no, it's, it's just Charles Dickens. Just, yeah, just Charles, just Charles yeah. Dickens. That is my um, waste accredited literature score yes. coming out. <laughs> I actually have my ATAR English credits, so I should know this. But you know what? we're not defined by our ATARs and I'm not defined by my knowledge of Charles Dickens and his various works. But what I do know is it's just copy-paste Fair. The Christmas Carol and I think like as a Barbie movie doesn't like, like a lot of the conventions that I know and love of a Barbie movie that make them very enjoyable to watch I think are lost on this one. So that's why it's ended up in that category. I know it has fans and I understand those fans but I'm also like no need to be an intellectual by watching Barbie movies. Exactly. Plus, Charles Dickens was a misogynist anyway. Yeah, I mean, I know all about him, so... <laughs> you don't just know he's a misogynist. That's all you need to no. know. Um, and we don't appreciate misogyny in this house. No. Okay, we ready to move on to the actively bad category? Yes. So this one has two movies in it, and I think both of them um, are movies that people have told me are their favourite Barbie movies. And so I'm putting okay. myself and my reputation on the line here. Okay. Um, they are Barbie Swan Lake mm-hmm. and Barbie the Island Princess. I, okay, Island Princess, that's, that's an interesting choice. Okay, tell me your thoughts on Barbie Island Princess. Barbie Island Princess is the one of the Barbie movies I remember and I, all I know is my sister Charlotte was obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because it's like got the two gay dads in it. Um, <laughs> I think the two gay dads are its for reference I I am making this um podcast assuming that people have already watched and know a bit about the Barbie movies because why else would you be here unless you're a friend or family member of mine and I forced you to watch this which is also very likely because this is our first episode now viewership is not huge mm-hmm. um in saying that Barbie in this movie got shipwrecked onto an island when she was like a baby and she's being raised by animals like Tarzan style Mm -hmm. Um, And she has these two dads called Azul and, oh, what's the other one called? Is the, like, bad animation, like, bear thing? Yeah, it's Red Panda. Red Panda. It's Red Panda. But I hate them both, but I do think it's fun that she got raised by gay dads. Um, The Red Panda has, like, human teeth and eyes. I do remember being terrified of the animals. Spooky. I don't yeah. like I don't like human eyes on a red panda. Also, Tika, 
who is not one of her parents, but like a, like a younger sibling kind of vibe is an elephant. And Tika's a little bitch. <laughs> Tika like foils her romance at the end of the movie because she's worried about losing Barbie, which is controlling shit. We don't like it. And yeah. also Tika also has very human like eyes, which also upsets and disappoints me. They thankfully did not give Azul the peacock that many human like features, but he is very annoying. So mm-hmm. not redeemable. Um, yeah, what I will say about this movie is that I find everyone in this movie annoying. Um, the movie at the start is kind of gay and fun and they're on an island. Um, but the love interest of this movie is, I'm, I'm doing finger quotes when I say this for the people listening, an explorer, <laughs> which we all know. We all know. Ha- colonizer. I was waiting. Can we say that? Yeah, I think yeah. he's kind of a sneaky colonizer. He like rocks up to this deserted island on his boat being like, time to go adventure. I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think that was what his plan were, was. I don't think that was his plans. Shocking and, for a large industrial toy industry to be supportive of colonization, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like the prince of a, of a country. Um, and we just are meant to vouch for him and this colonizer. Sorry, for Barbie and this colonizer. And I'm not here for it. I also just think the movie as a whole is very fucking annoying. I can't mm-hmm. watch it. I think it's got the worst Barbie transformation fit. She, there's like this ball scene and she's wearing this ugly ass motherfucking dress. It has like peacock, giant peacock feathers coming up behind her. It's gross. It's too much and not in a camp way, just in an ugly way. Mm-hmm. So that's why that one's there. Okay. Tom Lake is there because... It is the straightest Barbie movie by a long country mile. I find the I find this version of Barbie quite boring. Um, I don't think she has a lot going for her personality-wise. I think the love interest is like multiple times is like, I'm only here because you're pretty and we're not going to talk about your personality, which I don't vie for. And also the villains, one of them is incredibly anti-Semitic and the other one's incredibly annoying. And so that's why those are my bottom two. Do you have any questions? Okay. Um, no, Swan Lake, I agree with. I've never liked Swan Lake. Um, yeah. I was a massive um, The Swan Princess fan, yeah. which we've discussed before. And for me, The Swan Princess was just above and beyond. And so the Barbie one was just like the trash. Yeah, 100%. So um, if you're like, but Swan Lake's such a fun story. And I'd like to watch a movie inspired by it from that time period, a very niche thing to want. But if mm-hmm. you do, already a perfectly good, much better movie there for you in The Swan Princess. And you should watch um, I can I kind of want to do an episode of the Swan Princess um yeah absolutely we can do an episode on the Swan Princess um but for now Swan like it's at the bottom it's bad I hate it okay so we've covered our actively bad category we've covered our already forgotten about it category now I'm moving on to what I would say is our most unique category which is the Barbie Diaries Mm-hmm. Chelsea, have you watched The Barbie Diaries? I have watched a few episodes that my dad illegally downloaded onto his computer. Um, don't write them out. Um, and it was like... One, it's just the one movie. It's like, uh, we got it in episode form. My dad like just would oh, illegally download about, like... Are you thinking about Barbie Life in the Dreamhouse? No, the one where she has a diary and it like... Yeah, okay, a cool. Rock star. Side note, we're not going to be talking about Barbie Life in the Dreamhouse because it is too old to be mm-hmm. in this like childhood run of movies but Barbie Life in the Dreamhouse is quite good and I do enjoy it. it's like just little short episodes yeah of Barbie living in Malibu having and her sisters and her friends hanging out so that one I do recommend but not in the categories today yes. but yes 
continue your story. Yeah, no, um, she bought a diary. I think we watched the episode form because Dada downloaded it legally on his computer. And we, um, she like writes in this diary, everything she says like comes true. There's like an incel in it. Um, yeah. She is in Battle of the Bands, like very high school being I think you've crushed it. I think okay, incredible. If I was like, what are the things people need to know about the Barbie Diaries? I would say she gets a diary and everything she writes in it comes true. Um, I would also say there are two love interests in this and she ends up with the one that's objectively not as cute or fun or cool and a bit of an incel, Mm -hmm. um, which I do dislike. Um, I would also say the other core thing that you need to know about the Barbie movie, the Barbie Diaries, which is probably why it has its own category, is that it was not released by the same studio that has made genuinely every other Barbie movie. Um, this one was made by Curious Pictures and it fucking shows. Like the animation style in this is horrific. It is like a lot of disappearing limbs. It is just like a lot of janky times. Mm-hmm. But I think this plot is a bit of a riot. It's very like mean girls, like high school drama, um, bitchy girl stuff. And I think it's great. There's like a lot of uh, band jamming times. There's some fun original songs in this one as well. And I think it's a bit chaotic. I will say, I don't think she used her power of a diary where everything she writes in it comes true to like the fullest abilities. I feel like she really could have dreamed big and instead she just like trying to get good grades and make friends. And I'm like, try harder, Barbie. But aside from that, I think it's pretty fun. I think it's pretty fun, but it is very much a category of its own. It's the only, like, it was the first movie that Barbie released that was set in, like, a contemporary world. And they proceeded to not do that again for, like, many, many years. And I think that's probably because this movie fucking flopped. But I honestly, I think it's a bit of, like, I think she's quirky. Okay. I think she's not like other girls. I do like a good not like other girls. Was she a bass player? I don't know. I think she might have been... I don't know how guitars work. But that trope of like the bass uh, guitarist, not like other girls. Yeah. I think very much so. She's a bit like shy in this one and she doesn't stand up for herself. But at the end she does. And that's great morals. Exactly. Girl boss. Girl boss. Girl bossification of Barbie. Yes. Um, I think as we talked about earlier, Barbie movies are girl boss in their truest form. Mm -hmm. And this one doesn't fail. But I couldn't put it in the already forgotten about it category because it is burnt into my brain. I'm plagued by this movie. I think about it frequently. I think about the the haunting, piercing stares of the poorly animated Barbie characters all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also didn't think it was fair to put it in the category of great but not iconic because Ever. I don't think it is great and I do think it's iconic. Okay, that's fair. So, do you remember, does it have a TikTok sound? It's possible. Okay. What's I think the TikTok that, sound you're thinking of? I've just like, I've seen like just videos of just like badly animated Barbie in like punk rocker clothes. And they're just like the entire time. But I've also seen random Bratz ones as well. I don't know. Maybe I'm confusing it with Bratz. I... Honestly, it could be a number of things. Um, <laughs> who's to say? Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Are we ready for our next category? Yes. This category I think is very fun. Um, because it's the movies that are like kind of underrated and really good, but they just like m- missed the like cultural 
they missed the cultural moment. Okay. They weren't a part of like the conversation. They weren't like talked about on the playground, mm-hmm. so to speak. There are three movies that I've put into this category and I think all of them bop. I think all of them masterpieces in their own right. The first one, we have The Three Musketeers, Magic Pegasus and Fairytopia. Okay. Um, I have such a soft spot for Magic Pegasus. The main character in this ice skates and I ice skated a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. And so I like really like invested in this Barbie protagonist. I think it's like the sassiest we see Barbie in the original movies. She's really fun. I think she's got a viable love interest in this plot. Um, she also gets to ride a Pegasus around the whole time, which I think is great. I think it's like very fun, like escapism city vibes for me. Yeah. I think I definitely had some like maladaptive daydreams about this as a child mm-hmm. and I really loved it. So my heart goes out to the magic Pegasus, but I do think it like wasn't like a lot of people didn't watch it. I don't think it was like big. Okay. Did you watch this one as a kid? I have never heard about it before till you said this. I didn't know yeah. there was an ice skating Barbie. Yeah, well, there is an ice skating Barbie. And I also think the scenes where she ice skates are like pretty decently animated, I would say. Okay. Like, I mean, it's it's a it's a Barbie movie made like to go direct to DVD. It's nothing like, it's nothing wow. Mm-hmm. But I think it's fun. I think it's a good time. Um, I also, I'm doing senior superlatives at the end and spoiler alert, Magic Pegasus gets one of my senior superlatives, but you'll have to wait around to see that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Fairytopia, I think is a classic. It spawned a whole universe of movies, two of which we've already talked about, one of which we haven't. Um, but I do think the first movie was a bit slow plot wise. Um, and I think it just like doesn't rival the other movie in this universe that I've put above it, um, which is why I've put it here. Mm-hmm. But I also think like introduced us to some incredible cat characters, introduced us to Bibble, you know, introduced us to Prince Nalu, um, a bunch of other people too. I don't like the villain in this universe who's there for all three of the Fairytopia movies, but we did get introduced to her as well. So take that as you will. But I think a classic, you got to shout it out. But in the same way that like Harry Potter one is no one's favorite. Yeah. Okay. That was a good analogy for me. So yeah. thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. And then the Three Musketeers, I think this one was like, I think this is the oldest, sorry, no, like the most recent movie that I included in this list. Mm-hmm. So it did miss me a tiny bit, but it's camp as hell. It's super fun. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't there four Musketeers in it? There are. So there's three musketeers plus Barbie. Oh, okay. So it's like, okay, the additional. Okay, yeah. But Barbie's also a musketeer. So I think they should have called it the four musketeers. Okay. Is it Barbie and the three musketeers? Yeah, Barbie and the three musketeers. Okay. I think that's why they said it. But also like kind of screws up their like fun dynamic where it's like a triangle, you know, like one at the front, two at the back. But small complaints, a very good movie. It's camp. I think it's like gay, but not in the way where there's like a viable queer relationship in this, just in the way where it's like, you know, when you were in high school and all of your friends came out a week apart from each other? <laughs> yeah, like that energy. Yeah. Okay. Um, which we love to see and is also very relatable, at least for me. Yeah. I don't know about you. Um, it was Catholic school, so it all came out after. But I, I, do understand, yeah. I do understand the energy of everyone becoming gay all of a sudden. I, um, I started, like, dating someone in my friendship group 
and then we came out like together which was really cute I do remember that I do love that yeah. queer love um, it was it was really sweet and then like my whole friendship group came out in the months afterwards and it was a really lovely time um but that you know I feel like a three musketeers has like queer allegory vibes yeah is what I would say mm-hmm. um not our gayest movie but we will talk about our gayest movie in a mere number of minutes mm-hmm. when we move on to our next category which was what was my personality for a week these are heavy hitters these movies like are punching I think you're gonna know all of these most of these okay hopefully um because they're all incredible Mm-hmm. So the fir- I'm gonna I'm gonna go through these one by one because I don't wanna I don't wanna get it twisted. Yeah. The first one is the Nutcracker. This movie I think is the classiest we see the Barbie franchise, the Barbie cinematic universe be. Um, it's the first Barbie movie to ever come out, and if this one hadn't absolutely made them bank, I don't think we would have had the 35 movie franchise that we have today. That is but- all of us through our youths. It's like the Iron Man of, yeah. you say, like it started off? It's, it's the Iron Man one. You know, I think like there are a lot of kinks that still needed to be ironed out, <laughs> ironed out, <laughs> um, that were not ironed out by okay. the Nutcracker. I feel like I love a sassy Barbie moment and we don't get sassy Barbie in this one. We get classy Barbie. We get good morals Barbie. Okay. Um, we get ballet Barbie. Um, but we got like some... I want to say Tchaikovsky in this one. I think yes, I think that is Nutcracker's Tchaikovsky. Yes, yeah, we got yeah. Tchaikovsky in this, which I think classy. There's some fun dance scenes. I think they really stretched their animation budget well mm-hmm. to get these dance scenes looking the way that they do. They actually, um, sorry if there are any ballerinas on here who know more about ballet and I'm just like a fake fan um but I remember watching this when I was younger and like for our dance teacher for like we had a dance studio like slumber party we were all in like the dance studio sleeping on the floor and our dance teacher would be like that's the Paris opera ballet um choreography so I just remember how they use actual famous yeah they crushed it um (laughs) I also think the romance in this one is like believable and solid and I like that they spend the whole movie together because often like we'll just get a little a little boy thing chucked in at the very end yeah do it for me I'm like who is this man I don't believe it I would rather she ended up with her female best friend Mm -hmm. but in this one I feel like it's believable um the second one that we're working with in our was my personality for a week category is mermaidia okay yeah yeah this is also in the fairytopia universe it's the second in the fairytopia universe but it's like when fairytopia realized its potential Mm mm-hmm my hypothesis for this movie is that they made some characters in Fairytopia. They made Prince Nalu and they were like, that was the hottest man that we've ever created. We will never create a man that hot again. Mm-hmm. All these five-year-olds want to date this man. And we've only given him like five minutes on screen and we need to fix that. And so they worked their little butts off and they created Mermaidia where Barbie turns into a mermaid for most of the movie and it's incredible. There's also another character called Nori who is a mean bisexual. She's got blue hair. She's got a raspy voice. She was a, a little bit of a queer awakening for me. No. And at the, at the start, she's really mean to Barbie because they're fighting over Prince Nalu. And then at okay. the end, they're friends. Casey and Izzy wish. Casey and Izzy fucking wish. It is good shit. It is good shit. It fucking presses. It's like chicken soup straight mm-hmm. to the soul. There's some 
fun gags in here. I think it's a funny movie. I think like even watching it back for research for this episode, I chuckled at some points out loud, which I think is a hard thing to do. I especially a children's movie especially a children's movie and a children's like movie company like barbie where it's like the uh, like definitely advertising for children whereas like pixar's always like before the adults do so if a barbie movie does that i mean from my limited knowledge of barbie i feel like that's proof that it's yeah spicy so yeah mermedia is incredible we'll also get to mermedia in my senior superlative section but it's incredible Mm -hmm. okay the next one in our was my personality for a week category is 12 dancing princesses. Okay. Yeah. I feel like you'd like this one. Was this, I, that, this is one of the ones I watched and I did okay. quite like it. It was very much like seven-year-old watching it though. Yeah. Tell okay. me, tell me what you remember. Tell me what your thoughts were. There were these like, basically Barbie is at this school and she's just like, oh, I'm not allowed to leave the house or something. Then all of a sudden they start dancing and they escape and they dance. And it's just like 12 dancing princesses. And there's this evil guy. I want to say guy. No, it's an evil woman. Wow. Whoops. Um, and they're just like, why are you dancing? And it was just like, I just remember the dancing scenes being beautiful. And that's yeah. what went into my brain where they dance on the lake. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. So you've crushed it mostly. <laughs> mostly. Mostly. Um, she's not at a school. She's a princess and she lives in a castle. And oh, the right. other 11 people there are her sisters. Okay. Um. And basically she gets, her dad gets real sick. Her mum's dead because a lot of Barbie mums get killed off um, prior to the movie. It's not something we see. They get knocked out. Um, her dad's like on deathbed and he invites her, his, his uh, sister, some relation of his to come and look after the girls. She's played by Catherine O'Hara of like Beetlejuice and Shits Creek fame. Yeah. Um, and she's a mean lady and basically she like forces them all to like study really hard and not have any fun and she takes away all their pretty dresses and they all have to wear these ugly gray dresses but at night they get to escape to this magical kingdom um, and like dance by the lake and they dance so hard that their shoes wear thin and I think like as far as escapism goes this movie is my number one Mm -hmm. like the idea of like having a magical universe at night that you can escape to and boogie at Oh my god, incredible. Childhood me was reeling. Childhood me was having the best time ever. I do think the reason that I haven't put this in defined my childhood category, I would say this is probably my second choice, my okay. favorite Barbie movie. But I do think we get 12 protagonists of sort in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think we don't really get to see enough of any of them. Okay. Um That's fair. I do think like the Barbie character is like pretty solid. I also think the romance she gets in this one is like cute. There's this man who comes to cobble the shoes for the house and all of her sisters and they have like a cute little ooh-ooh and they flirt and it's really awkward and then the man's parrot is like, you should ask her out. And he's like, no, don't say that. I and do love a nosy parrot. A nosy parrot is great. Um, and it's a fun movie and I love it. We have one more movie left in my was my personality for a week category. And I think this one's impressive because this movie came out like late. This movie came out when I was past my Barbie prime. And the reason it's put here is because it is the gayest Barbie movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is The Diamond Castle. I'm going to briefly explain the plot of this movie to you. And you are going to need to try your best. This is a little game we're playing to provide me with a heterosexual explanation for this plot. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> There are these two girls, they're best friends. They live together in a cottage in the woods. 
just the two of them, no one else is around. They cook, they clean, and then they sing songs about how connected they are. There's literally a song called Connected. They sing songs about how connected they are, how much they have in common and how glad they are they, they have each other. Um, and then they find these heart-shaped rocks in a river and then um, some like magic mirror shit happens and they have to go on this big quest. Mm -hmm. um, on this quest, they meet two twins who are straight men and they have that relationship where you're like, maybe they're dating or maybe they're just really, really mean to these men. Okay. You know? They're like, they're like, technically there's some flirty banter going on there, but all it is is like, you guys are dumb and stupid. And then the men are like, oh, women. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, obviously my memory of the plot of this movie is kind of janky. Um, they then fly away from their boyfriends on a rainbow. <laughs> I got like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they walk into this house and it's like a beautiful house and there are dresses and all the dresses are in their size. And um, Alexa, who's one of them, says like, we should live here. We'll never have to do anything again. We'd be so comfortable. This is the perfect life for us, which I think you whole vibes, if I do say so myself. Yeah. Um, but it's actually a trap. And then stuff ensues, not important to the fact that this is gay. At the end of the movie, instead of getting with their straight boys who they're really mean to, they go back to their cottage in the woods. Please, please provide me for a straight explanation with that. Um... They were really good friends. They were really good friends. They were really good friends. They were the best of friends. Besties for life. History remembers them as besties. Mm -hmm. They just haven't met the men, <laughs> right men yet. Those you know? men were just not the men. Mm -hmm. Those were, men were just some men. Like, why did, like, Barbie literally had, like, two women fly away on a On rainbow. a literal rainbow. <laughs> on a rainbow. I was just rainbow. like, there's no queer allegory here. No, we're not doing a queer allegory. We're simply existing. The importance of female friendship. The importance of friendship. Anyways, I think the soundtrack to this one, Chef's Kiss Incredible. Mm -hmm. The plot, Chef's Kiss Incredible. I think little closeted gay me watched this movie so much because I knew. Yeah, you understood. They knew in their head that things were up. Um, and so I love it. And I think if this is one that like missed your childhood a bit, this is the one that I would like most recommend people to watch mm -hmm. mostly because it's gay, but yeah. also because it's good. Okay. That's it. We're ready for our top movie. The top movie. I, 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 I have a feeling. Do you have a suspicion? I do have a suspicion. Is it perhaps because I haven't yet talked about the most popular Barbie that movie? be it. And also you haven't talked about the one that I know and I'm aware of. Exactly. So yeah. our top movie is Drumroll Please. Princess and the fucking pauper. Of course. Princess I... and the fucking yeah. pauper. Um, I like this movie gets a lot of clout on the internet. It's a TikTok trend. You know, it's the one that was most talked about. It's everyone's like biggest movie. And so I rewatched this movie because I was like, I need to be critical. If I'm going to make this my top movie, I need to have reasons. I need to have receipts. I need to know what I'm talking about. And I watched it again and it's fucking flawless. It's a tale of fucking female friendship. I think the villain in this one, Preminger, he's camp. He's yeah. like fun. He's, I mean, menacing and awful, but mm -hmm. like really like carrying that, I think. 
it's also the first Barbie movie where they had like original music in it and they threw literally their entire pussy into it. They were I, like, the they were like, pop. I listen, I have one of them just like on a playlist. And when it comes up, I do feel a little silly, but it's on my playlist. And it's on your playlist for a reason. And there's no need to be ashamed of musical artistry. Absolutely. Um, it also has, in my opinion, the best animal sidekicks in the Barbie Cinematic Universe. We get two cats um, and one of them, his name is Wolfie. And he's, uh, in the words of his owner, Erica, a doggish cat. Mm -hmm. And there's a line in one of the original songs in this movie um, where she calls him no status quo calico. And I say it to my cat to make him feel better whenever I think his self-esteem is struggling. Okay. Wallace is a lucky cat. Wallace is a lucky cat. Um, I don't want to raise him not thinking that he's hot shit. I also, I do um, fat shame him a little bit because he's a bit of a chubster. Yeah, but... But I make up for that by mm -hmm. telling him that he's no status quo calico. And so it's okay that he's a bit yeah. of a chubster and then he sleeps 90% of the time. Mm -hmm. um, this is a Wallace fan podcast, by the way. I do love and Wallace. Yes, absolutely. Um, the love interests in this movie aren't wet cardboard, which I also think is an important yeah. point. They're not like the most interesting men, but I think it's more than we get from most Barbie movies. But I think yeah. like more than like, those are the, those are the facts for why this one's the best one. But I also think like, this is the movie I watch like when I'm sick. This is the movie I watch when I'm sad. This is the movie that like gets me through it all. I know it's gonna happen, but at the same time, I'm always delighted and surprised when I watched it, mm -hmm. when I watch it. And I think for those reasons, it's my number one. And there's no other movie that could be my number one, even if technically this wasn't the best movie, but I don't have to worry about that because it is the best movie. Do you have any thoughts? Um, no, I think I've said this like to people in the past whenever I'd be like, oh, I know Princess and the Pauper when people ask about Barbie movies because it was, even though they weren't sisters, me and my sisters projected the fact they were sisters. Yeah. And I do love a sister, good sister movie. Um, Lilo and Stitch was one of my favorite Disney movies growing up. I had I the fattest crush on the older sister in that movie. Lilo? No, no, not Lilo, Nani. Nani. Nani yeah. was hot. Nani, Nani was like, like mid-calf shorts. I'm not a mid-calf shorts person, but she she rocked it, I will admit. But She made me a mid-calf shorts person. Okay, maybe I should rewatch it and consider my thoughts. But anything about, like... <laughs> this I episode is just, like, 40 minutes of me objectifying characters from children's TV shows and movies, mm -hmm. which is super fun. Um, I think it's, like, the true queer rights yeah, and liberation. As is my right as a queer person. Mm-hmm. And I won't, I won't be <laughs> taking comments. Don't apologize. That's heteronormativity apologizing. This is not me apologizing mm -hmm. for finding many of the characters in Barbie hot as shit. They, they built them that way. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a Nick Wilde, like not, not, not from like Zootopia person. So whenever someone. Oh my God. No, that, that's it's <laughs> too much when they're animals. Parting characters, I just like choose to not partake in the conversation i say it's too much if they're animals although <laughs> although the fucking fox from robin hood i yeah okay yeah yeah Ro you mean robin hood yeah i said robin from hood. robin hood I, I so you said the fox from robin hood as in like robin hood yeah the yeah. fox from robin hood who plays the titular character robin hood mm -hmm. is a baddie he doesn't wear any pants 
and I think that's promiscuous. I was a Princess Marion girl. I was weirdly also pre cute. Yeah. Even though she, looking back on it, she was a bit of a boring character. Yeah, but was like, but like a cutie. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're running out of time, so I think it's time we move on to my senior superlatives, and then we'll like say some final remarks and we'll call it a day. So senior superlatives, for those who are not familiar, is like in yearbooks in the US, I guess, where you get like best dressed, most popular, most likely to become famous after school, those ones. And I've come up with my own for our Barbie movies. So my senior superlatives are most underrated, fruitiest, least shit man, and most baddies. And baddies, I mean, in the sense where they're hot, not the sense where they're bad people. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for most underrated, I got to give it to Magic Pegasus. Mm -hmm. I think this movie's great. I think this movie has, is few and far between on flaws. I just think it wasn't like ever really, it never truly reached its potential. I reckon if this movie had come out like at the peak of the Barbie cinematic universe, like 0405. Yeah. It would have done a lot better than it did. Mm -hmm. Fruitiest, obviously, the Diamond Castle. Yeah. You already know my thoughts. It's gay as shit. There's no straight explanation. Most baddies, Mermaidia. Mm-hmm. Who can lie? I think it's mostly, I think who's carrying the weight of that baddie title is mostly Prince Nalu and Nori. Yeah. Um, do yourself a favor, give them a little Google, not in a creepy way, just in a curiosity way. Mm-hmm. Um, and least shit man also goes to the magic pegasus i think i think he's our nicest boy the love interest in magic pegasus um so those are all my thoughts this is my hard-earned knowledge for many years using barbie movies as a coping mechanism i've now passed it on to the people on the internet and i hope that they've enjoyed this new knowledge i am sure they will i've enjoyed it personally um I am gonna have to watch princess and the pauper and media again i feel really upset that i missed out on this but you know what that's okay. That's on. I don't know what that's on, but that's on something. Yeah. And I hope like all I hope from this episode is that I've inspired the people listening to go and like watch a Barbie movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we hopefully have many more episodes ahead. This is our first one. Um, and it's lovely to have you all here Thank and we'll see you next week for a topic that Chelsea will be running. Chelsea. Yes. Do you want to give any spoilers or are we going to keep it to ourselves? Um, We might keep it to ourselves. Just think 2014. 2014. That's all we're going to say. We'll see you next week. Bye, besties. Just like you. I think that's true. You're just like me. Yes, I can. We take responsibility.